Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, good day, everybody, and welcome to Pagan World Radio with your host, Ed the Pagan. Uh, A.K.A. Ed Hubbard, and we're going to speak tonight. We're going to take a little bit of time to speak tonight about dominionism and the threat to paganism. So, I was raised as a dominionist uh, concept. It really started in 1975. What is dominionism? Dominionism is the belief that you must work on the idea of Christian nationalists or being a Christian nation. And so that's okay. You know, what is that idea? I mean, so you idea, oh yeah, we want to rule the world. I mean, that happens a lot in the religious world. And it has certain ways of handling it. But in 1975, and it really got started in 1975, you'll have a, a lot of error that. I was 12 years old when this started. Um, and I remember this. I do remember it because I was a youth with a mission. It was a, it was a part of that um, that was by Bill Brout, Bright of the Campus Crusade and uh, Lauren Cunningham, and they developed a word. What they developed was what they called a God-given, world-changing strategy: bring godly change to a nation by reaching the seven spheres or mountains of societal influence, and that any nation would be able to be transformed, as they had said, if the seven facets of society were reached: religion family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and business. Um, and through these activities, if you can control these activities, you would control, control tendency to control all of it. And so, uh, and so it's all of that altogether. Let's start with religion, the number one thing. And that's really, people can understand that. Oh, you want to grow into uh, to the to the idea of being the number one religion. You know, every society has some sort of belief in a, in a, in a superior being or being you know, religion, be it polyistic, idolatrous. Some people will call idols, Hinduism, Buddhism, many gods. All of these words that the Christians will use to de- downgrade other religions. Um, right. And, and so they would just say, you know, they can't accept it. So you have to accept Concept is being rejected. This is, you know, the idea of that Christianity has only one God and one power, and that it's the only power out there, and all other gods are other. And so you see that already in that religion they begin that. And you, you know, the problem is, is that Christian churches described in Greek language. I had to look this one up as the ecclesia, literally translated. The word ecclesia means governing body. They think. Although we don't condone theocracies in the United States so far, but it has it, the church should have all in sorts of influence to make up society. So this is the concept of religion, that the religion starts the process, and you have to have control of that. And you want to make sure it's your religion. And so that was it. Um, the second one is family. And I was taught that the family is a building block of your community. Without a family, you just don't have anything. 
And it was because of various types of thing is that God is the ultimate father and that men ruled the house. Uh, there's this ad- attitude that the United States, that families have been under consequent. Remember, this is since 1975. They really pushed it out there a little bit before that. Uh, and the, you know, the, they're saying that basically all of the today's crime, a lot of it is because of fatherless families or um, and that chaos was brought to America, especially amongst black families, because the fathers were, were deadbeats. Well, in fact, they were not. They were attacked under constant protest. And, and that's these ideas of family order must be maintained, and the father is the supreme being of the house. And so, therefore, it was very important that families were controlled, essentially, by the house. Um, so that was pretty pretty of that. So the next thing is, and this is where I really saw this change. It's called education. Um, so you got to understand, a lot of education started really with Sunday schools. And the idea that there was this idea that you could be taught to read the Bible. And the idea of that learning the Bible, especially amongst Baptists, amongst Methodists, amongst a lot of Protestants and Presbyterians and all of this sort of not Catholics, um, were able to do so, and that you were taught there. And eventually, uh, Hearst, Hearst, the newspaper guy, would push for public education. Um, And so that was it. And then basically what happened was this education got more public. They were still having prayers in school, they, you know, Constitution, everything else is still, and today's modern education still is about training people for the factory, training people to the world. And the elite schools don't teach the same way that the public schools do, but that, in fact, for a long time, Bibles and indoctrination with the Bible was there, and now the education is out there. And the Dominions say, simply put, that that their kids are being indoctrinated with often false bias and anti-biblical belief, and that the only way to get a renewal and restoration of America's failing education system is through education. This is why I'm so big into education. You know, people always ask me, why are you so big into education, Ed? And I say, because the fact is, if you don't have the right to educate your children, you don't have the right to their future. Someone else does. That's right. If you don't control the education of your children, this is a big fight. If you don't have at least some answers to your children, then you are in an uphill battle. This is why it's very important for us to teach our children and at home. And there's this huge argument inside the pagan community about we shouldn't educate our children. But remember, the opposite side of this is you have this dominionist movement, which is now called Christian nationalism. And I'll explain where that comes in later, that if you're not training your children, is someone else training your child? And, uh, and they're saying we're having a failing education system, which is not true. The fourth mountain or pillar, and you notice the seven mountains also looks a lot like, you know, what they used to say about Rome. So in a lot of ways, it is a continuation of, of Roman imperialism. Yeah, it is. No way around it. And that isn't really in the words of Christ, but I don't care. Dominion also exalts, it says, Proverbs 14.34 states, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And this is a very Old Testament idea. And and so what it means is that if you allow sin in your country by this sort of Bronze Age book that was written during the Bronze Age, where the entirety of the whole thing of it happened maybe in 2,000 miles across, 
And it was simply around this one nation that we now call Israel and around it that this idea spread that it was there for if sin of this Bible, um, then they they would do so. And they believe that while individual sins are the person's individual responsibility, therefore their guilt, therefore their attack – that popular leaders need to adopt and be very Christian in their morals and be exalted in their actions and to be seen as mostly men as that of being moral or, you know, and in fact is most, we know most politician is and that you must behave, uh, you must behave. And they believe that the liberal agenda was what was doing it. And this sort of idea of a government being, um, Important is that, but it's also here where they differ from everybody else, that the separation of church and state is not about the government not being influenced by government, but that government, you know, it was meant to be Christian. It was never an area to see preserve the Christian heritage that America was founded on. And this idea of any religion being protected was not there. They're trying to say the Constitution was a Christian document. Remember, we're in an area where no amount of logic and no amount of history is going to make a difference. And they've created a pretty comprehensive history, which could be that theirs is right and ours is wrong. That's what they want us to believe. And so you have it. Right there is the first four. Religion, family, education, and government. And the way they managed that, they started running for office, especially with education. Like in Chicago, we had these elected school boards. So they started going for very minor positions and getting elected into school boards, places that people don't normally think of it, other positions of authority over our children, and they've continued to progress up. Now you see it in Texas. Texas, the largest school school book producer in the country, dictates what they're going to accept for their school, including the abolishment of slavery, you know, talking about it differently. And that then is echoed by Florida and California. You know, California is independent of this. They write their own school books, and there's a big battle because those are fairly much more, they would call liberal. Liberal is in the sense of broad, as in intentionally a lot of people, not, you know, in nature versus conservatism, but in the idea that you have a liberal education was the, that you had an education that covered many, many ideas. Some of them Christian, some of them not Christian. You learn about religions, you learn about math, you learn about science, you learn about all these things. And so many of those things could contradict what the Bible, a Bronze Age document that has been translated into 8,000 different issues, the most popular in the world being King James translation, the most printed because it is the most poetic and it's the least accurate to the original words. And that they continue on this process and they want to move these things constantly into our society so that we're forced obedience to this older concept, this difficult concept. And anything that charges it, remember Galileo was hit, you know, for, for talking about the stars. You know, so many of these sort of super intellectual people who brought so much information wouldn't see a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to, yeah, there is. So the goal here is to put in place um, that from that we want to shift from an area in order to preserve the Christian heritage that was founded upon, bullshit, uh, to the goal that it is in place of religious political ideas and leadership that will affect all aspects of government. We saw this with Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, the moral majority, part of the Dominionist movement, to get control, put Ronald Reagan in, 
And Ronald Reagan wasn't as good. And then we saw George Bush. And we've also saw it in Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was a liberal Christian, but he did believe it because the problem with dominionist ideas, a lot of them are Christian and good Christian. But they're also mixed in there. So you get into the media. This is where I have been in my life, media, like this radio show. Like I've tried to play against this. And, of course, I, I am nowhere near the scope of even the tiniest of stations. None of us are. Even if we compile all of our media systems together, but five media, um, including news sources, uh, radio, TV news stations, uh, newspapers, internet news and opinions, so they don't like the Internet. The media has its way to sway opinion on current issues based upon its reporting. And their argument is that, oh, it's not true. If, you know, oh, wow, a pastor just molested a child. Not true. It's something evil. I mean, as a Karelian church, we actually had a minister attack us and was, in fact, diddling little boys, immigrant little boys, and trying to claim that we were dangerous to children. Well, in fact, he was. Oftentimes, this is it. And that basically the idea is that the media is liberal and elite. Robert Murdoch took this on to create Fox News. And since then, there's been this rise in Christian news services um, to bring on the transformation of pushing out other media and uh, the changing of the fair, uh, the fair doctrine by Ronald Reagan, in the years of Ronald Reagan. The fairness doctrine, which allowed both sides to be seen, was removed, which allowed the rise of these very strong men like Rush Limbaugh, who wasn't really Christian, but was in bed with the evangelicals and the conservatives. Um, you, you see now Alex Schoen, who just got back on Twitter. You know, these sort of things allow for this sort of fake or distracted or this awful propaganda. And why is this important? Now, in government today, as going back, we see it through media. We didn't see enough for Speaker Johnson, who is, in fact, a dominionist, and he claims to be so Christian nationalist. The next place they want, and this is where they lose the most and have the hardest time, and why they went after Taylor Swift this time, because she is arts and entertainment. This is the biggest area of their contention that they're trying to push against now. They are trying to make arts and entertainment deadly, ancient, arguably sinful, and they've always done this in Hollywood. And they're constantly you know, trying to get out their message through Christianity and say, the media is bad for them. But also, more importantly, arts and entertainment, because arts and entertainment moves us more than text. Nothing moves us as much as our music, our filmmaking. You know, we make all these films. Social media does okay, but television, you know, plays, all this arts and entertainment, books, all of this writing, all of these things. Harry Potter was a great threat because it indoctrinated children into witchcraft before it was bewitched shows. And there's also ones against, you know, certain types of actions. Any sex, all sex, all images of nudity. To this day, Facebook enforces the nipple rule because of this. That's right, the nipple rule. So men can be bare-chested, but women can't show nipples. Why? How much hypocrisy is that? Because they're afraid children will see nipples? Okay. They are not to see nudity. So this is the aspect of it. So you see they pushed against nudity. And because they won that, because the majority of good Christians, even the ones that are your friends, the ones that you think are okay, say nudity is bad for children. It's huge entanglement towards sex, and they've pushed it into arts and entertainment. It's easier to get an R rating for a single sex scene than it is to get violence scenes. Violence is acceptable. 
nudity, lovemaking, LGBTQ, where it's huge strides, and being a lesbian, being bi, being gay, seeing men and women kiss is one thing. Interracial kissing. All of this thing is about controlling arts and entertainment. And every time we create something that pushes against it, they want to backlash against it. Let's make it very simple. They need to backlash against it. So when you see Taylor Swift hits Time Magazine's cover of the year, you may disagree with that or agree with that, but it's showing a very powerful, countervailing image to the Christian woman. Uh, she's made jokes about being a witch and being a goddess follower, but that's not what they're going after. They're going after her because she's successful. She's making her own money. She's controlling herself in a male's world. In fact, she had to get out of male domination at one point. Uh, not letting her be practiced with her own music. They took her music away from her. And she had to rebuild it. I know that feeling. Um, and so they had to take that away. And so we have this sort of entertainment, this sort of action. So you see it. But there she's also single without children. She's happy. She's not married. All of these things make a very powerful counter ideology to what they want for family. And through arts and entertainment, through success of the uh, billion-dollar tour to do so many things, the music is getting there. So does pagan music. So does rock music. This is why they've always battled. This is one area they don't control well. And they want to take control of government in order to create censorship. Because remember, they could really censor it with government. And that's it. And through education. They want to limit what is allowed for education. So we're seeing this fight against arts and entertainment. Now, this is the one that is most important, and that's business. The ability to create wealth through ingenuity, enterprise, creativity, and, and effort is considered a God-given gift and universal impulse. Not true. That is not a true statement, but this is what these people believe. And so they become these ideas that they can do anything that they want. So they're able to have business. You know, that even though that might be full of idolatry, greed, and covetous, the church must respect to train up people who are called into the marketplace to manage businesses and provide leadership with integrity and honesty. We believe it is the Lord's will to make people prosperous and that his desires for the church to use wealth to finance the work of the kingdom of God expansion. This is their key. Simply put, prosperity with a purpose. So simply put, they want to take all of this in order to finance this whole change they want to build businesses, and that's why you hear Hobby Lobby is so essential. Chick-fil-A is so essential because they develop huge amounts of cash that is then used to work against us. So when you're out buying a few paintbrushes or things for art or you buy a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, which is supposedly tasty. I have actually have not had one in years after they made the donation to the anti-LGBTQ aspects of it. So in order to control that, the Dominionists – believe that you have to control business, that they, they can be discriminatory. This is why it's very hard for a pagan who shows their colors to actually be kept in a company. And if it gets thrown out, they find all sorts of ways because they have enough money to compete. And it's very rare that you find a pagan, a witch, a Buddhist, a Hindu, any of these guys able to really compete against a corporation's fire. You have to have some pristine conditions and clear evidence for a lot of lawyers to take that on unless you have deep pockets. And if you had deep pockets, then you wouldn't have needed a job. So it's a catch-22. And so so let me go over those again, and I'm going to talk a little bit why this applies to pagans today and some of the events that have happened. 
can't make a religion today. They don't want to approve it. In fact, there is a movement within the um, movement that had tried but failed to get any non-Christian church stripped of its 501c3s and it's not for profit. So that's saying it's not really a religion. They don't conclude. And that happened to us exactly was the argument by the Department of Defense back in the 70s and the 80s when they wouldn't give dead soldiers, soldiers who passed away, Robert Williams, uh, Roberto and uh, Celia Fox and all of them got this overthrown. That's another story. But they did get it overthrown eventually because they didn't want to recognize the religion. And they were eventually forced the Bush administration, number two, to say, we're either going to get this or we're going to take it much more public. And at the time, there was just the weakness enough that they proved it. And since then, more of it. Um, and remember, there's wanting to eliminate all other religions. There's nothing less of it. They want all the other religions gone. It should only be one religion, their religion. Uh, the family. Now, this is where it's really super dangerous because they allow for physical abuse. They do got uh, duggers. Um, they allow for physical abuse of children, the physical abuse of women. The man controls the house. The man controls the money, even the money that women make in a, in a dominionist. Or they also have a term now they're using called covenant marriages, where marriages have to have a reason to break apart and that the man takes control of all finances. And this is actually legal in some states and that you can't really divorce the, uh, the husband uh, for anything but need. You can't. You have to prove that he has need. And one of the biggest things we did to, to counter this, and it was really has done a good job, was something called no-fault divorce. You didn't have to find a, a fault to divorce a husband. That's right. And that is the very thing. And now there's a movement against that. Just as there are a movement against abortion, control of a woman, you know, men should be under that control. No women should be allowed to have that. All of this should be under the control of men. Patriarchy, more than patriarchy, the control of a small, elite organization of men, an occasional woman, just for tokenism. But this is it. So abortion, no-fault marriage, anything that traps a woman into the marriage and doesn't let them move is the right of the dominionist or the Christian nationalist. This is very important what it is. Johnson believes this, our first speaker of our house. And we've got others throughout the government who are doing that. We've got the you know education system, you know they're trying now to go after now we we're having because of the Israeli thing so many people are you know they're now really forcing both sides are forcing this idea of being pro-Israel and anti-Palestine and any student or any teacher or any person that talks against it must be shut down. This is not an American value. This is a direct dominionist value that has gone mainstream that we must at all costs protect Israel, regardless of his behavior. He cannot do wrong. Because if you cannot do wrong, no matter how evil you are, if the government is there for you. This is why uh, they've allowed for public shootings. That's why they've allowed for, and have gotten away with public shootings and violence. And so this is kind of out there. Media, we know about arts and entertainment and business. All of these are pretty, pretty strong. Hmm? Uh, but Christian nationalism has come out of this. Uh, and in 2013, they wrote a book, The Power Worshippers. If you have never read this book, and I, I doubt many of you have, uh, 
the power worshippers uh, tells a lot about it. And the idea that we're going to create these shadow warriors, these warriors of Christ, and they're going to have lots and lots of prayers. Hmm? And the book that really helps out, if you want to understand it, is called The Power Worshippers, Inside the Rise of Religious Nationalism. Um, and it was a humanist book for 2020 uh, by uh, Stewart. And uh, and the idea of it is, is that, you know, uh, that it is one of those organizations where they believe that God is uh, meeting that. And so we're looking at that. So the constant side is, is how, you know, it's that, um ideology of it uh you know so you have things like the family research council you have the watchman on the wall we have the family which you know provides uh representatives male representatives of housing and money and cash that's not a small group i mean these groups are some, some of these are like watchman on the wall claims twenty five thousand pastors and they're focused on shaping public policy and informing civic activism uh, Mike Pence was a keeper of the wall. You know, it was, it was a member of, of the, one of the wall keepers. And so you have all of these different groups that are trying to build a nationalism. And that's behind right now. If they can push Trump through and or figure out a way to eliminate, uh, eliminate the democratic of, of the presidency, and so I.e., oh, impeach Biden so that Kamala Harris may, becomes president and then they have a chance to move uh, Johnson into a potential of being a presidential nominee. So they're all working against this. Why is this a threat to us? Because if you accept these ideas, you're seeing that the police are not intervening. Now, so the last witch fest international, which was in England, where the Christians took their cross and barged into the center of the circle. And the police sat, sat, stood by. You saw it in Salem for the Magic Circle, a uh, part of the festival of the day, where you saw them push a cross into the center on October 31st into the circle and essentially broke up that ritual while it was completed. It didn't break it up and, uh, by Christian Day and Brian Kane and the Festival of the Dead and all of them. You saw that coming in there. You saw it at Pagan Pride event. You saw this at Witch Fest in New York where they came in, and the police, even though Witch Fest had the right to a street, controlled it, had a permit, the police did nothing to stop it. And eventually it was led by a lot of individuals. I, one of my new personally, Liz Hamilton, and others who, uh, of the Palace, who stepped in and kind of intervened and had to almost use physical force to stop them from attacking. We saw at Nashville Pagan Pride this year, a pitiful attempt, but they were using, they were trying to use uh, foghorns or, you know, microphones, megaphones to kind of yell to the crowd to disrupt that crowd. And eventually, because uh, Lucid Jameson, who was, who was in charge of it and a, and a former military Air Force officer, said, I have a permit to use, they were trying to ground out, I have a permit to use amplified sound. You have to in the parks of Nashville. And they were able to keep them from doing so. But they stood there all day, except for when they went to lunch, harassing anyone who would go in. And that was permitted by the police. Why? Well, it's public property. But we had a permit. So they're willing to ignore a permit to allow these protests. We saw that in 
to New York. We all saw this attack in last year during uh, in Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, with Hesperia Shop when they wanted to do a Krampus event, a Yule event, with a Yule event, and they got really pushed back. And they, you know, and but the city stood by them and allowed them to continue. And while there was some protest there, it was there. So we're seeing more, and there there are more of these to claim. And all of these have an element of being permissible because God told them to, and the law of the United States doesn't apply to the Bible, doesn't apply to God. That's what it finally comes down to. Why is this dangerous to us? Because at the end of the day, it says that God's law is the direct law in which we all live in. Any other law, including the United States constitutional law, Everything else can be reinterpreted as through biblical lenses because they believe that we are a Christian theology, that we are to be a Christian nation, and that they're fighting for it. And what happens once we become a Christian nation? Well, we go off and attack other nations. We be crusaders. Did we not use that term in uh, Iraq? People forget. That really upset them when the American crusaders, where a lot of American soldiers just start to use the word crusades again, which was a very violent word against Islam. Yeah, and now we have jihad. You're not allowed to use that, but they, you know, they, you know, because that's another one of these. I'm not saying that other nations don't practice. I'm not saying Muslims don't practice this in their nation, but I'm not talking about them because there's little I can do about them right now. We lost a Karelian in Saudi Arabia to a beheading because he got caught being a Karelian, a witch. Um. We've seen huge discrimination to our members in the Philippines and in South Africa. They're on the verge of these sort of uh, dangerous, dangerous Christians who are willing to kill. This aspect of allowing murder to be acceptable as a way of handling it, getting off of it, um, is is awful. And you know we have a problem with police. We're only now starting to hold police accountable. So all of these add up that they can attack non-Christians in a way they can get away with and make them harder to do so, which frightens children in school. And on top of that, the last piece of it, they're trying to use government. And this is where it's bad for us. They're trying to use government to issue charters, you know, vows or so that you go to private schools. And their battle is the same, that Christian schools have a right to finance through vows as any other school would. And we say, Chevrolet said, say, if you want to send them to a religious school, then fine, send them to religious school. But we are not going to pay for it as taxpayers because we shouldn't. And they're saying, no, we're giving the right of education to every child. And if we choose to raise our kids in this manner, then the government should pay for it, which then guts the Christian, the high Christian children out of the schools. And, and by trying to make it tell parents, it's better, it will cost you anything. They put kids, even kids that are not dominionist family kids, into those charter schools and give them a huge indoctrination. You got to understand, when I was raised in this in 1975, at 12 years old, I was basically a street preacher at this point. I had become very much so. I learned how to talk about this. I learned a lot about it. I went to Moody Bible Institute, not in college, but in so many of the programs where there were youth ministers. I was trained to be a youth minister. I did really well with that. And I was to speak, and I was allowed to speak about Christianity. And more than once, I was allowed to re- lead a Christian prayer with permission of the school. So I saw the beginnings of this about how to get out of it. Because at the time, teacher prayer wasn't allowed. 
But they said, oh, no, student prayer is allowed. So one of the teachers who belonged to my church would arrange for me to be able to offer prayers occasionally. It's a, a, some, some other, uh, never a Muslim prayer, never any non-Christian prayer, very rarely anything, occasionally a Catholic prayer. But that was it. And then by moving people into this, we have moved so much to the Christian nationalist movement in the way we behave. It's, it's insane. Um, I don't think that it's completely just the Republican Christianity. Uh, you find it in the Democrats, too, who have these strong opinions. You have it in the president of the United States. Joe Biden, let's be honest, he is anti-drug. He, he, was, he three strikes law, which led to the largest enlargement of slavery in the modern age. Because of the laws that him and Bill Clinton passed, and, and Hillary Clinton and all of them called the three strikes law, it basically expanded prison population from 300,000 to over 2.2 million in approximately 20, less, you know, little, you know, approximately 20 years or so. You know, a little more than 20 years that so we have now the largest population of any Western nation in prison. And I just saw something today. Hey, prisoners cleaning the streets. You know, your tax dollars at work. And yeah, it's a very interesting way to say, you know, virtual slavery. And so you have these these guys who say, oh, we're, we want to clean up the streets, and they work with that. So this idea of dominionism creeps into all aspects of it. We're on the verge of it right now. If uh, It depends on what you think about it. Um, a lot of people believe that a President Trump, ex-President Trump, former President Trump, candidate Trump, indicted Trump, Mr. Orange, or whatever else you want to call him, gets elected president. The evangelicals, who don't really like him as much as people think, will get their due, and they'll be able to push on this. So what is dominionism? Dominionism is the belief that Christian nationalists should run the country and run the world, utilizing any method necessary. And those methods include seven mandates. Let's get down to the seven mandates. It's a, a Christian commerce. It has with you know, it is a dominionist conservative Christian movement it's called the Seven Mountain Men, and they believe that the seven aspects of society seek to influence is family, religion, education, media, arts and entertainment, business, and finally government. If they can take control of all of those aspects, which is basically everything, then they will then have a, a, a blessed Christian nation, we'll all have prosperity, we'll all live under their good life. And if you're not that type of person who deserves that, you will actually suffer and toil to make it right in the eyes of God. So just remember, this movement, which has been around for a long time in various forms, right? Um, and finally, really condensed in 2013 with the publication of Lance Wall News and Bill Johnson's Invading Babylon, the seven a mountain mandate. Hmm? And, you know, if you don't think this is that, I want you to look up one last person. Paula White, the president's spiritual advisor, and claiming that Trump will play a critical role in, in Armageddon as the United States stands along Israel in the battle against Islam. That's right. Trump had this, and we're seeing it play out now, that we will play a critical role in Armageddon as the United States stands along Israel in the battle against Islam. And that he said 
we have finally have a president that understands the seven mountains of cultural influence. So these are the uh, mountains of in, uh, influence that we face. How are we going to respond to them? How do we defend ourselves? How are these mountains of influence important to you? Hmm? So there you go. And there it goes. And so uh, how can you do it? Tomorrow we'll be back with uh, more. But there you go. I want you to share it. Uh, you know, remember, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who are here. You have Rafael Cruz, the father of Ted Cruz, Mike Johnson, who's now a Speaker of the House, Paula White, former spiritual, uh, and uh, Lauren Bobbert is also a, a, a known and standing member. So there you go, folks. If you want any questions, feel free to ask me. I'm at I'm Ed the Pagan everywhere. And... Um, yeah, I guess I'm on the firing line, right? Uh, so tomorrow is uh, the 11th. Please clean your crystals. Please continue to build your web, build your uh, ideology, and uh, and figure out why um, you know we're, we're doing this. And then and understand now why the, why we need to begin building our resistance to this. Um, remember, at the end of it, if we don't succeed. The only thing that lies for us is death. Remember, it doesn't matter how it comes out. It's all death because they believe that eventually Armageddon is going to come and kill us. Planetary genocide is the end result of Christian nationalism, the Seven Mountains Mandate, and the Book of Revelation. Armageddon is a crime. So there you go, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope this gives you a better understanding. I hope it maybe sends some um, energy down your spine. But guess what? We have to submit. Dominium is a direct threat against pagans. In fact, against everybody who's not a dominionist. Blessed be. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.